know the generalizations about you. Okay. I'm an artist, business and art can be oil and water. So how can I grow a few business skills so that I can talk to that business person and I'll connect the dots for them. Welcome to the Creative Chats Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone. And you can check out some of my visual work over on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Also, I would love to extend an opportunity for you to join our free Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. If you go to dailycreativehabit.com, it will forward you to a request page to join our Facebook group. Again, it's absolutely free, and it's filled with creatives who are raising their hand to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. So if that's you, we would love to have you over there and can't wait to see you there. Now for this episode... And the next episode, I'm doing something a little different. Yes, I'm still having guests, and there'll still be some stories. But there's also going to be some things that we talk about that are pretty practical. Like for this week, I sit down with a friend of mine, Robbie Fowler. And Robbie Fowler and I are in a mastermind together, and Robbie loves to help personal brands with branding and websites. And we talk a lot about websites today. And websites are one of those things that can kind of feel like a have to, right? Like, you know, you're supposed to have this, you know, everyone tells you, you need to have this, but yet sometimes the implementation of it can be so grueling. Like, what do you put on it? How do you write a successful about page? How do you map out a website to make sure that it's actually doing what it is that you want it to do? Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that your creativity gets out there before the right people. And you want to make sales or you want to attract people to your services. You want to be able to make some money and impact. And in order to do that, you need to have a website that speaks clearly. It communicates the things that you intended to communicate. But somewhere in the process of putting that together, especially when you're kind of a one-man show, you can get lost in the process. And so today, this conversation is gonna be really practical and really helpful for you if you're finding yourself in that place of, I spin my wheels all the time on my website, or I'm looking for a resource to be able to help me so I know what it is that this thing is supposed to do and how to do it in a way that leads people someplace on purpose. And I know you're going to enjoy the conversation I have with Robbie. He's a great guy. And uh, I think you'll be able to tell from our conversation that, you know, we just really get into his personal background as well as what he does to help others, especially in regards to their brand, their message, and their website. And next week, I'm going to continue with this theme of kind of a practical bent. And I'm going to have a guest on who is going to talk about publicity. Now, I know sometimes we think that's kind of a weird thing. We don't really know what to do with it, right? PR, uh, public relations. How do you actually go about harnessing that? Like, what does that look like for you as a creative person right where you are today? 
Does it mean hiring somebody who's a PR agent? Or is this something you can do yourself? What does it actually take? And what does it mean in the real world, like practically? So that's coming up on next week's episode. Be sure to stay tuned. But for right now, enjoy my creative chat with Robbie Fowler. Well, Robbie, welcome to the Creative Chat Show. Dude, I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I like uh, I like hanging around creatives. I consider myself like half creative, half logic strategy. So <laughs> when, I'm around, when I'm around the creative crowd, it, it makes me feel even more creative. Yeah. Well, for the benefit of the listeners too, we, uh, we're friends. We're in a mastermind together. And so um, it's going to be fun just unpacking some of the stuff that you do and um, just your process and some really specific things I think that you can offer today to the folks who are listening when it comes to their own brand and their own website. So before I get too far down there, why don't you just say in your own words, like what is the, what's the phrase that you throw out there when people say, so Robbie, like, what do you do? Who are you? What do you do? Yes. I, the, the shortest phrase I'll usually give is, Hey, I help businesses and brands position pitch and profit from their brand. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. A lot of that will uh, show itself out on the website so if that was my like side superpower, uh, it would be, hey, I'm brand strategist. Let's work that out in and through your website so that it's actually helping build your build your business. Yeah, yeah. And you do an amazing job with that. I know that there's so many people that I know personally who have worked with you and just sing your praise all the time. So uh, again, I'm excited to dive into that. Um, but before Absolutely. we go too far into that too, I'm curious, right? So I always talk to people about their childhood experiences around creativity and just look for some seeds that were maybe planted along the way that maybe connect to what they're doing today. Now, obviously Absolutely. we're not going to have anything where it's like when you were a kid, you were building a website <laughs> and things right. like that. They, they weren't around when <laughs> exactly. I was a kid, Mike. You and I both know that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but sometimes there's other things that, leave breadcrumbs, you know, and mm -hmm. I love to explore that a little bit and just kind of see the connections. So is there Absolutely. something that you could think of that maybe when you were a kid, you really enjoyed doing as far as a creative process or, or, or act? Yeah. Well, there's probably like 6,000 of those. I'll, I'll mention a couple of, uh, I think, obvious seeds that were in there. Uh, one story, I would say, certainly I grew up in a a wildly creative home. My mom would be insanely creative. Um, she would be kind of famous for her creativity. So she is English teacher, librarian, storyteller, that kind of stuff. So I can remember third, I was probably third grade-ish. It's a normal Saturday uh, morning and third, I'm a third grader. And my mom is already up and she's making spaghetti noodles in the kitchen. And this is like breakfast time, she's making spaghetti noodles. And this goes on all day long. She's literally just making pot after pot of spaghetti noodles. No spaghetti, just noodles after noodles. Okay, so Saturday evening rolls around. And this was not uncommon in my house. She grabs me, I have one older brother, my older brother and my dad. And she goes, okay, hop in the car, it's time to go. So we get in the car with more spaghetti noodles than would be necessary to feed the entire Italian army. We head to someone's house that we know. 
unbeknownst to me, she has called this. This was right around Christmas time. So they're in like a class and they've got the secret Santa thing. So she's called someone and said, Hey, it's time to meet your secret Santa. Walk down the corner, walk down your street and meet at the corner of so-and-so and so-and-so. She's called another family and said, Hey, it's time to meet your secret Santa. Walk down. So she set up this meeting between two families that aren't each other's secret Santa just to get them out of the house. We roll up to the house and we don't toilet paper their house. We literally spaghetti bomb their house. So picture a family of four <laughs> just slinging spaghetti noodles anywhere and everywhere you could possibly leave us on the bushes and the trees, front porch, everywhere. You know, and then we race back to the car and we and we peel off. So that was a fairly normal Saturday <laughs> for me growing up. So creativity would certainly be something that was celebrated. You know, she, she's pushing me towards, you know, gifted and talented stuff. And, and the other one that comes to mind, and this is so funny. So my, with that creativity become, uh, comes the, the, I don't know, the blessing or the curse of that. She keeps everything, absolutely everything. So I was literally just back home last week. It's the same house I grew up in. Parents still live there. And uh, she, I mean, I could go on and on. We could do a whole nother podcast episode on what she keeps and people <laughs> would just freak out. So one of the things I found though, she has the scrapbook from like my senior year in high school and I'm flipping through the scrapbook and in there is a sheet of paper and me and one of my friends, Daniel used to do this. He was for sure an artist. I was not like not a hand drawing artist. Uh, musician, you know, I was, I was in band. I went, uh, I went to school on a, on a music scholarship. So creative in that part, but I wouldn't say I'm a drawer, but we used to do this still all day, every day, someone would get it out a piece of paper, start doodling. And then we would just pass it back and forth. And you would just have to doodle on someone else's doodle. And it would create these wild, you know, we just basically go to the pages field and then somebody, somebody'd start to know. So one of those is in that notebook. I think I took a picture of it on my, nice. on my phone last week. So it was always around, even if I wouldn't have never considered myself a painter or drawer illustrator type artist, creativity for sure. And uh, even inklings of design, although, I, like I said, I would never say I was an artist like you are with, with paintings or drawing or anything like that. So yeah, definitely seeds are all over the place. It was unavoidable mm -hmm. really growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did you arrive to like brands and websites and like, what was your path to that? Yeah. So probably like, I know we've discussed a little bit and like lots of folks listening, it's not what I dreamed of at seven, right? I didn't, oh, one day I will. Uh, I, I wouldn't have any of the classic, you know, entrepreneurial stories that, oh, my mom would tell you when I was four, I got the whole neighborhood together, had every, you know, all the three-year-olds working for me at start of my own, but no, that wouldn't really be my story. So I'd always had that creative inkling and really, again, it's like you said, it's just seeds dropping along the way. So I, by the time I finished college, I literally took one computer class. So didn't know anything about computers. I can remember avoiding signing up for something they called email. Okay. That, that would have hit when I was in college. I can remember where I was sitting in a class where a professor said, Hey, did, do all of y'all have email? Do you go over to the library and log in a computer? And, and I'm thinking, why would I sign up for that? So I got to walk all the way to the library. No way. Uh, so I, it was really in grad school. Uh, I was, I was in grad school. I was at seminary 
And this, the, the grad school I went to would be like, it attracts tons of engineers, not a lot of art, uh, no real art classes. There are literally like two electives you could take that would be any, have anything to do with art. And so it was the end of my grad, uh, graduate studies. I needed another elective and I was like, Oh, I'll take that. I don't even remember what the class was called, but I still have the book to this day. It's a book by Robin Williams, not the, uh, late great comedian Robin Williams, but uh, designer Robin Williams. And it was like the, I don't remember the title. You may know that title, but the beginner's guide, the basic guide to design principles. But that was the first time I knew when stuff looked good and when it didn't, that that would always show up on my radar visually. I had no idea that there was like a rhyme or reason to it. I just thought either you know it and you have it and you could do it or you can't. And so that was when I first started to go, oh, you can actually learn to do this. You don't just have to wake up out of bed and and create this. And so then I'm at work. I was working at a church at the time. And I can remember um, in a staff meeting one time and the pastor said, hey, we're uh, we're doing this like church directory kind of thing. Here's a first draft look at it. And I can remember literally asking, hopefully somewhat politely, although I was younger at the time and maybe, but like, is it going to look like that? <laughs> like, are we gonna, is that we're going to get like give people with our name on it? It's like, yeah, why do you not think that looks good? And I'm like, I don't think that looks particularly good. And I was kind of like, great. Well, if you want to, you know, mess with it, go for it. So now I'm like, oh man, why did I open my mouth? <laughs> so I can remember you know, trying to figure out what do you do when you mess with one of these? And that's where I, I, the the next, probably what pulled me into that kind of digital design space was that thing. And then someone, this is classic church move that you'll also recognize church member calls the church and says, Hey, I'd like to donate something to the church. That's usually I've got old computers, old desk, old printer. That's a piece of junk. I don't want to take it out to the dumpster. So I figured I'd drop it off up there. So I get one. This was actually a nice one. It's a piece, but it's got Photoshop on it. I had no idea what it was. I opened it. I was confused as all get out. Um, but really the combination of that is where I started doing design. And then I wound up working at a startup company. Um, 9-11 hit. We were, we were uh, build uh, website was part of what we offered. And we had this you know, full ad agency on re- on a ridiculous retainer, monthly retainer. But then when 9-11 hit, that really impacted the industry that we were in. And so we had to bring all that internal. So literally me and one other guy, he was programmer guy and he and I together, he had quite a bit of experience on the programming side, but I, I can remember the day he looked at me because they said, you two are going to basically do what we're paying the ad agency to do. Mm-hmm. They'd started a project and that's where my friend was like, okay, buddy, you're gonna have to learn HTML by hand, like, you know, and it was like, toss me in the deep end. And that's when I started building websites that would have been, you know, right around 2001. Uh, so did it out of necessity mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of learning, but um, always had an eye for that and and would just inevitably find myself going, are we, we okay with that? That could look better. Um, so that's kind of the path that led me to, you know, websites and how I got in there. Was it really on, on purpose? Uh, mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, quickly I realized like, Whoa, this is part this web thing might take off, right? <laughs> <laughs> the World Wide web, it may have a future. So it might not be a bad idea to, to, uh, keep running with that. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. Do you think that process and that, that time instilled in you this drive to get in and figure it out as far oh, as the yeah. learning process? Yeah. So I've learned later on in life, I've taken pretty much every like personality profile strengths thing you can take on the planet and enjoy learn. So all of them would show, I love to learn. Um, and, uh, certainly that, yeah, that, that, pushed me and tickled my fancy, like, Hey, I'm going to learn how websites work. And it just, it fit with the industry that we were in where I was having to learn like how the internet works. Cause we were installing equipment and stuff. And so I had to learn what a, you know, a network switch was. And, uh, I was learning all, all kinds of stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, so that put me in the habit. I mean, I would literally go to work and I would work on learning HTML every day because mm-hmm. like we had to have this website finished for our first install, uh, that we were going to, that we were going to do. And so with my friend there beside me that knew the programming side, I'm trying to mirror the programming and the design side. So I took over all the design for both the website piece, but then we had marketing material that went with that. And, um, uh, so that all landed in my, in my lap. Um, and so, yeah, that forced the daily, like that was my primary task was mm-hmm. how are we going to do this? The two of us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for yeah. a startup company that's going to depending on it. Mm, yeah. That's, that's definitely sometimes the, it's, what does they say? Uh, you know, necessities of the mother of invention, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. And I can remember him, but I do remember him saying like, there were there were ways even then there were a few kind of whizzy wig build it kind of thing but you don't ever have to learn it they were really clunky and really terrible if anyone's old enough to remember uh, macromedia used to be a company mm, yep and they had a product called dreamweaver and yep. this would have been like iteration 1 of of dreamweaver and he's like you know you could kind of try but your best bet you just need to learn how to do html by hand um, and I was like, all right, here we go. And so every day I would, I would do that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I remember those days of <laughs> Dreamweaver and all that. Oh um, yeah. Oh, so I got my start with Dreamweaver and Quark Express on yep. the, it yep. was before Adobe was like, Hey, I think we could knock off Quark. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, uh, I know we're, we're geeking out now about old software mm-hmm. and people are like, yep. what are you yeah. talking about? That's <laughs> like old music to us. Like you remember exactly. the Bee Gees? This is like, these are the old programs in the early days. <laughs> That's funny. So there comes a point at which you're, you're doing this and you're thinking to yourself, it's more than just building websites, yep. right? Yeah. What did that revelation look like for you? And how did you know that you needed to kind of go to another level? Yeah, I think, okay. So, so one thing that's important to know about me that, that once I share it and tell you, I was the last person to arrive at this conclusion about myself, it will all fit together. So it took me forever to real. I was the last person to realize that I'm a slow processor. Okay. <laughs> which would make sense if I'm a slow <laughs> processor. And my once once I really realized that and said that to a few friends, they were like, you didn't know that? I was like, no, why wouldn't you guys, if I'm that slow, why wouldn't you tell me, or, you know, help me skip ahead in the, in the movie. So looking, you know, looking back, I started to realize 
through, through circumstances, you know, with, with nine 11, a lot of those circumstances did literally force me out startup company, all that, all that mess forced me to go, I'm going to need to do this on my own. And I'm going to need to start helping clients. And, and you've got to figure out a way, how am I going to help clients do? And most of that started in the design world, logos, uh, back then, you know, branding like was logos and colors and business cards. I, I didn't know anything about brand strategy. I would have made the classic mistake. I'll help you with your brand, which really meant I'll help you with your visual identity, which is a small part of your brand. It is not your, it's not your brand. But when I would do your website, when we would do the brand thing, every time I did one of those projects, I would, I would basically ask you more and more questions to know how do we make sure that this thing I'm doing for you actually represents what we want it to represent for you and, and connect with the people it needs to connect with. Cause I quickly realized nobody's asking these questions, but the client or the customer has no idea. They've, they've not, I just thought I needed a logo. I just thought I needed a website. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is when someone says, Hey, I think, you know, we need a new website. When you ask them why there's just this blank stare other than, because our old one is old and doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Beyond just the fact that it doesn't, why do you need a website? They don't actually know why. Right. And it was really through that process that I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing way more than website design. The questions I'm asking, the things where I'm walking my clients through is, is way more on the strategy side than it is on a, yeah, I've got a five page website design package, a 10 page or a 15 page. Which one do you want? Cause I quickly realized they have no idea. Mm -hmm. Usually they don't know which one they want. They never know which one they need. Yeah. Cause it's just not their world, understandably. Right. Uh, so th that's really how I, I kind of grew that process was because I could not do your project until I understood these things. I just was like, I mean, what am I supposed to build until I know these things about your business and what we're trying to do? And that's really where I later found out, Oh, that's called brand strategy. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I was like, Oh, that's what I was doing again. Slow processor last one to realize, Oh, okay. And that's when I turned the tide and said, okay, well then I'm not a web designer primarily. I'm, I'm a brand strategist. That's one of the ways I can help folks play that out. But uh, yeah. no, I'm on the strategy side. It's it's important, I think, to be able to assess that for yourself, right? Because somebody who's listening right now, they may think, well, I'm a creative person. I create yep. X, right? But they maybe have never thought about the fact that, oh, actually, there's a strategy piece or there's an educational piece of me teaching people or having conversations with people to, to help them understand why they need what it is that I create, because so often it's just, we take things at face value of, mm -hmm. well, yeah, I'm really good at, you know, design. I'm really good at painting. I'm really good at writing or whatever. And it just kind of stops there. And we don't probe deeper even for ourselves to ask those questions that you, yep. you know, you're saying like even asking other people, um, why, why, why do you need this? Why do you want to do this? What is it about this process that's important? Um, and just continually asking those questions, going deeper and deeper and getting some of those mm -hmm. important answers, you know? Yep. Yep. And I think most designers, as they, as you get out in the world and you're, you're doing some of that with other humans and they're paying you, uh, you know, you may not consider yourself a strategist. There's a very good chance if you're having any success, you know more about strategy than you think. Most of us put that under the design hat because, well, I'm a designer, I'm an artist or whatever. Um, but 
you probably know more strategy than you think just by the questions you ask in order to complete your design project or art project that you're doing for somebody that's paying you. Um, and usually you can add to that when you just bring that on your radar to go, well, maybe I could ask a few more pieces that would help them position themselves strategically, not just color, logo, art, or that kind of thing. Um, but, but yeah, you're, you're already doing strategy. You're probably not in business. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're asking these questions and then it's leading even you to figure out other ways to serve people, right? like other products, um, how to differentiate yourself from other people and other people who offer the similar services, right? So can you talk a little bit about like, how does, how did that process come about for you? And and what does that look like? Yeah. So I can remember, it wasn't too terribly long ago. Here was some conversations going on in my head, which happens all the time. Those are going on constantly. (laughs) So I started to, um, I started to notice again, the questions I'm asking and the answers I'm getting before I ever like move a pixel on the website design. And I start to realize, okay, I don't know that other folks are necessarily asking all these questions and I'm getting positive feedback from the client or the customer. Like, oh, this this process is really helpful. Again, I haven't actually shown them a comp of anything yet because I haven't started anything. I need to know this before, before we get started. And it finally occurred to me one day, two, two things happened. One is I would, been, I would be on the receiving end of that occasionally as the designer. And any artist or designer knows this out there. So, Mike, the phone call comes in and they're like, hey, we want to hire you to do X, Y, Z you know, as an art or design project. And essentially, some consultant told us we needed blah, blah, blah right? X, Y, Z. So what we need you to do is build X, Y, Z for us. So you start to realize, okay, so you don't need me to give you any input on whether X, Y, Z is actually helpful for your business. You just want me to execute what you paid someone else a lot more money than you're about to pay me to tell me to do. So I started to realize, man, I think I'm at the, I'm the caboose Mm. at the end of the train, or I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. But I knew because of the questions I was asking, um, I, I have the skills to be at the top of the totem bow and I could be the locomotive engine. Um, and then I had to decide, do I want to make that move just because I could, doesn't mean I wanted to. And the real, the, the practical way I flipped that script is all of those questions I was asking, all the stuff that was in a typical website project. I also realized, you know what, I'm really not getting paid for that. So if they got three bids and everybody said, it's a $5,000 website, mine, you know, mine's right there amongst that bid and they pick mine. I'm doing way more work than the other two would have done as part of this project. And so I literally started to think, is there a way to get paid for that piece before I ever move a pixel? Before I ever open Photoshop or whatever tool I'm going to, you know, change, there's a new one every week. But before I ever open that program, can I get paid? for that piece. And I started to think, you know, I'm going to try it. Why not? Who cares? Like the worst they can say is no. And I can remember the first time this wasn't that long ago, I got paid probably what I would have charged for the website just for that kind of discovery piece up front. And then really it was up to them whether they wanted to use me to do the execution part 
or did they want to use someone else? And actually I was fine with either because I'd gotten paid. Yeah. All right. And I haven't designed anything in, 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 you know, in real space I've, we've designed some things strategically, but, and so that's what the process was like for me and a conscious decision to say, I don't want, when Mike thinks of me, I don't want him to think of me primarily as designer. I want him to now think of me as strategist hmm. yeah. with a background of design. So I can, I'm a really good mediator, client, designer. I, I sit really well in the middle. I can talk strategy and business and numbers business-wise with the business. And I can come to the creative and go, look, here's what you need to build something that makes them that, you know, that, that implements that so that strategically the thing you're designing doesn't just look good to you and to the client. It's got to look good to the customer. Yeah. Yeah. We both love it and they don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a fail. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the fact that you can be that, that mediator, it makes you so valuable because I think that's where a lot of people experience frustration Yep. And then they don't want to engage with the process because they're like, I've tried this yep. before and I hired so-and-so and they didn't yep. deliver or this just process just didn't deliver what I needed it to at the end of the day. And I felt like I just threw my hands up and said, all right, I guess it's good enough or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. So wherever your audience is on that journey, one thing that's helpful is like, just know where you are, where you want to be and know where you can grow. And so if you would put yourself, because we, there's typically three like spheres we just talked about. There's the artist and all of the overgeneralizations about artists, right? Well, he's an artist, she's an artist, right? And we know what that means. All this, well, they're flaky, they, you know, they don't relate or they don't care about business. They just, this is, they want everything to be perfect and it's not a perfect world. And then there's the business person, right? And we well, they don't care about art. They don't care what it looks like, just, and then there's the consultant in the middle and he's just trying to appease the client and he's going to tell me stuff that design wise art wise makes no sense whatsoever wherever you are know the generalizations about you okay i'm an artist business and art can be oil and water that's not right but that's the perception so how can i grow a few business skills so that i can talk to that business person and i'll connect the dots for them rather than be frustrated that well why doesn't the business person understand that if they would hire me for custom illustration they'd make a lot more money well, because they're not an illustrator. Yeah. So you've got to connect the dots for them. Don't just sit back and wait for them to to do that and get mad when they don't. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a similar thought that I run into sometimes with people, uh, not necessarily in the same context, but more so where they say, well, I want somebody to hire me to do what I love doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yet there's not that proven track record or they mm -hmm. haven't chosen themselves first. They're yep. waiting for someone else to choose them to pay them for the thing that they really want to be able to do more of. Yep. And, you know, I enter these conversations a lot and I'm like, look, you need to choose yourself first. You need to do the work that you say you love to do for a couple of reasons. One, you do a lot more of it just on your own. You're going to figure out really quick whether or not that really is something you want to do more of. Yep. Um, yep. And you need to own it for yourself and let people see that and let them see the kind of work. Like you wouldn't hire a plumber to come to your house when you're like, I'm not really sure if this person can actually do the job I'm hiring them to do. You know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that yeah. doesn't make yeah. sense. We would never do that, you know? Yeah. And where we see that, I think one of the, like, let's get really practical here for a second and let's mm -hmm. think website for a second. If someone tells me they're in the artist category, and I want someone to hire me to do like my dream gig, right? That's the artist telling us that, the designer, the artist. Okay, great. If I 
okay, you stay there. If I went to your website right now, can I buy your ideal? Are you selling that? And almost always it's no. Okay, so you're just waiting for a client to magically walk up to you out of thin air, describe your dream role for them. And like you guys walk off into the sunset together. But the reality is, yeah, you got to choose yourself and then you've got to tell the world that they can buy that from you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where I usually see the fails. I, I hear what you're saying, or, but I'm on your website. I can't buy what you just described. So I, and I, you and I have been in business for quite a while now, because again, we're not 20 somethings. Um, it's not never, but it is extremely rare, rare for somebody to buy something from me that I'm not selling. I mean, it may have happened where somebody, Hey, can you do X, Y, Z? Actually I can, you know? Uh, So you got to ask. Yeah. That's one reason you've never asked. Yeah. And right now someone who's listening, who they're a writer and they're thinking about the projects that they have in their website Mm -hmm. or they're a musician and, or they're a visual artist, whatever the creative expression is, they're thinking to themselves, if they have a website, first off, yep, <laughs> they're yep. thinking to themselves, okay, I've got this website. Now I'm starting to think about this in more of a critical yep. uh, framework. Um, yep. What are some things that you could suggest for people yep. to start to do that critique for themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think just a few kind of mindset things even to, to help get started. Start thinking of your website like a 24, seven, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year salesperson. Okay. And this salesperson actually costs you way less than actually hiring a salesperson. Okay. So I want you to think, man, I've got this amazing salesperson that literally never has to sleep. Uh, I can send him or her anywhere on the planet. I don't have to pay for airline flights or hotel or whatever. And while I'm sleeping, wherever I am, he or she is out there selling me all day, every day. And we'll talk to more people than I will ever meet face-to-face about my business and, and what, what value I can offer and what I'm selling. So that right there, like go chew on that. Take your journal out, whatever you're doing <laughs> as yeah. a creative, draw it, paint it, whatever. Paint your salesperson. Okay? You need to think of your website like, hey, I hired a salesperson that's out there to represent me and to communicate my value to those that might uh, find value and therefore and therefore hire me. So that's the first thing. The second thing, if that's true, then there's your salesperson. You just hired them. You know, you can bring them into the office. What are you going to train them up to say? Because they're out there talking about you all day, every day. And you don't want a bad salesperson. Mm-hmm. So that's what you've got to stop and think through. I will normally, that's why I ask that question. I need a new website. Why? Essentially, I'm trying to get at what do you want to aim this at? This needs to be this website doesn't need to exist because everyone has a website, which is what most of us think. It needs to be doing something for your business. What do you want it to do, Mike? That's what I would ask you. You know, what do you want it to do for your business? And that's part of the challenge. Most of us haven't thought through it. Yeah. Uh, okay. We need to connect it and aim it at something like a laser. I want to get hired my first. I for me in my past, it was, I want to move from being seen as a web designer to a brand strategist. So I'm going to start aiming things that direction with, with my website. So it really starts there viewing your website that way. 
It doesn't have to be complex. It can be a single landing page, but it's thought through that grid. What is it going to, what do I need on here to communicate, um, you know, what I can do for folks in a way that sounds valuable to them. And there's a button or something they can do to hire me because mm -hmm. th that's the other big part, especially with artists. It's like, you got to gird up your inner salesperson. You've got to ask for the sale. <laughs> Somewhere yeah. on your website, I need to be able to buy something from you or no wonder we're struggling to get hired. Mm, yeah. If somebody's thinking to themselves, okay, you've convinced me on that aspect, but mm -hmm. now practically, yep. just because I'm a creative person, just because yep. maybe I'm a painter doesn't mean I'm going to be great at design or the tech of a website. And they're yep. kind of afraid of that. They're not really yep. sure what to do with that. What would you say to that person right now? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us, like sometimes us as creatives are the worst, like web, we have the worst websites, <laughs> not primarily because of design, but just like, bro, have you met a normal person in business? <laughs> like none of this matters to them. They don't care. And so it starts with who do you want to hire you? right? Who do you want to hire you? Okay. And then you got to take all of that artistic stuff inside of you, push pause real quick and just say, okay, how do I speak my customer's language? Okay. If they're going to hire you for, you know, so, so for me, brand strategy, well, some folks talk about there, there's a whole lot of folks out there that literally in the last three years, they've never said the words brand strategy. But if I talk about, Hey, you struggling to pitch your business? Oh, right. They're in like, yeah, man, I don't know what to say. Um, do you feel like you're just look like everyone else in your space in the market? Are you strategically positioned where people know why you're different and, and why you're more valuable? Than no, I have no idea. Okay. So I'm going to talk about positioning and pitching your business, not brand strategy. If I'm in a top, Fortune 100 companies, maybe I use the brand strategy because there's they've got a chief brand strategist officer. But for the rest of us humans, right, normal people back on planet Earth, I got to use language that they use. So it 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 starts with I normally tell people like three things. There's several things you need in your site, but for sure these three. When I hit your page, I got to know in a literally a matter of seconds, you know what problem do you solve? That's P number one. What problem do you solve? Real quick after, I want to know what people do you solve that for? So if if Mike is a painter, right, and he paints custom pieces, I've got to know, does he do that like for corporate folks? Does he do that for normal? I'm in Jonesboro, Arkansas, right? Is Mike, does he do it for me or does he do this for, uh, you know, is, is all of his stuff winding up in some castle in Paris? Am I the kind of person he solves this problem for, right? So that's what you need at the top of your site. You got to figure out what problem you solve for your customers and then what people you do that for. So they know, ah, I'm in the right spot because none of the other amazing portfolio, anything down the page, they're gone before they ever see it. Yeah. If you can't do that first. Yeah. And so many times that's what everybody leads with. Yep. Here's the work that yep. I do. Yeah. And so, I, you know, here's the other thing I'd say, particularly to this audience, and this hurts because I'm with you now. This is me as a creative going, man, this really stinks about the world. However, I think it's true. Okay. When you've got the choice between creativity 
particularly in that statement up at the top of your page about what you do, creativity and clarity. Unfortunately, you need to go with clarity. Hmm. I'll give it one, one example. This is literally, I think this may have made my public site at one point in time. Okay. I was trying to wrestle through, well, what am I and how do I save that creatively? And I was trying to think through the, the creativity piece with the strategy piece. I, I am a little weird that I bring both of those together. I'm not just a wild creative or I'm not just, you know, kind of straightforward suit and tie uh, strategist. And I was like, you know what I am? I'm an estuary of design and strategy. That may have been a public. I know I had it written down. I don't know if I ever made it. You know, and then I realized after I said it to about four people, because I had to look up the word estuary. <laughs> There's your first clue, <laughs> right? Super creative, but like no one even knows what an estuary means. By the way, that is where the like salt water and the uh, non-salt water, like when the river dumps into the ocean, there's the mixture. That's the estuary, I believe, yeah. if, I, if I remember the definition. <laughs> and that, you know, so I'm trying to some super creative way. I'm saying, I bring both of those worlds together. Well, pff, ain't nobody going to hire me for that. Nobody's searching Google for uh, where do I buy an estuary of <laughs> creativity and, and strategy. So uh, in this instance, you got to bite your tongue. This one may sound real creative. This one may just, well, that's so direct and blunt and to the point. Uh, unfortunately, you need to go with with the be clear over being creative and creative when it comes to particularly kind of how you're putting together your website. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know you work with higher end clients, just as we were talking about, mm -hmm. know who you serve. Right. Um, and you're, you know, the, the budget isn't going to be friendly for everybody, but you do have a resource that would be great for somebody who is looking to do it for themselves, but they need direction. They need input. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the, the typical question I get when it comes around websites, whether you're, you know, an artist in this space or any other space, the, the questions like what platform should I use? That's where everybody starts, right? Again, forgetting, let's not forget your customer could care less. If it's a WordPress, Wix, Squarespace, they don't care at all. I understand why you and I care. Cause like, Hey, I have to figure this thing out. So don't get caught up on the technical first right? Because if you solve that problem and I say, you should pick this, it's the easiest thing in the world. Again, easy doesn't mean you're going to create a website that actually grows your, your business, your art and what you're trying to do and, and bring to the world. So there, I, I created a course and this was doing this for real personal brand clients, like the ones we're talking to right now. Um, and I had just done it enough where I'm like, look, I know where most of these folks are. I know what they need. I know what a customer needs from them. Uh, I think I can bring all of those worlds together. So yeah, I created a course. It's the DIY, right? Do it yourself, personal brand website course. And it is aimed at this audience exactly to say, there's a million platforms out there. I happen to literally have used them all. Okay. So you can try to go figure out which one is the best. Trust me. This is the best platform for you. Even if you've not maybe, maybe heard of it. I also know, look, here's what you need on your homepage. Bottom line, you can tweak the words, but basically the structure of your homepage. And ultimately here's what you need on your site, right? You need this and you need an about page and this is how it needs to be structured. When I look at any of my client sites and their stats, almost always the about page is number two visited, most page, mm -hmm. right? Because that provides context. So I hit Mike's Brendan page. Am I interesting? I see what he offers. 
Let me find out a little more about him. We do. We want context. So it's a course that brings together. You don't have to know anything about technology. You don't even have to have a domain name. I tell you how and where to go buy it uh, all the way through. Here are the, here are the pages. Uh, there's custom built templates I've built inside of there. So I've designed everything for you. You're literally going to like plug a number in and your entire homepage gets built. And, and then I walk you through, here's how you change it and what needs to go in this section of the homepage and why, right? Mm -hmm. So why do you need to state it this way? What are we doing with this part of your site so that it helps you get business and grow your business? So it's really aimed at this audience. When you get done with that, it's 16, 15 training modules. I've had people build their full website in like two days. You know, if you, mm -hmm. if you've got your stuff together, you know what you want to say or whatever, I mean, literally you can go through it as fast as you want to go through it. And, and I've added now a kind of done for you package, but maybe for our audience, it's helpful to know it will cost you less than it would cost you to hire a designer that would help you produce this for equivalent price by far. Mm -hmm. You can get a cheaper website. Can you get one of this quality? That's that's has the strategy behind it. I doubtful. And when here's the benefit, when you get done, you will not have known, you won't have noticed, but through osmosis, you're going to actually know how to keep up with the website, your, your own website. You're going to know how to add pages, add and remove certain sections of a page, add blog posts, uh, any of that kind of stuff. Cause that's the other hiccup is you go hire somebody, they turn the keys over to you. And now you're terrified because you don't know what to do. Or are you going to break it? Uh, you have to call them for every change you want to make, you know, and you're like, oh, it was better when I didn't have one of these. It's a nightmare. Yeah. So it yeah. really kind of checks all of those, all of those boxes, the tech piece. You don't have to be technical hmm. uh, design. You know, what should I put where, uh, how should I say it piece done? And well, can I, can I keep up with this after it's all done? Absolutely done. Hmm. And where can people find that? Yeah, you can go, you can either visit my site, RobbieF.com, that's Robbie with a Y, or you can go directly to that is DIYBrandSite.com. And that's really just that, that course, but you can always go to RobbieF.com um, and, and find information there and get there from there. Awesome. Because um, I'd have some other things that would, that would probably potentially help them there too, but that's where you find that, that course. Yeah, I will be sure to put that in the show notes to make it easy for people to click and, and uh, investigate that. And I know I, I so appreciate that you have a resource like that because you're you're solving so many problems with that. And mm -hmm. one of the times too that I, I know people struggle with the, finding something that's cohesive as far as yep. a, a blueprint, right? Because yep. so many times somebody's like, oh, I really need to work on my you know, about page. And then they'll look at all these different examples of about pages, but it's, it's, it's like, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's kind of hanging out there on its own, not in context of the full site and the full strategy yeah. of what That's, you were talking it's about. You painting something, you get called away for an important thing. You, you haven't done the nose yet. And I walk in, I don't know anything about art. Right. <laughs> and I splot, splotch on a nose. I'm like, pretty sure this thing needs a nose. I don't know anything. Right. And you look at that and go, well, that sticks out like a sore thumb. Now the whole thing doesn't work. Right. You know, maybe I go, I'm an expert at noses. Yeah. But yours doesn't fit the rest of it. So now the whole thing is trash. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Yeah. Having it all work together is uh, super important, you know, to piecemeal yeah. anything or figure it out. Totally. Totally. Awesome. Well, Robbie, this has uh, been 
awesome. I loved hearing more of your story. I love hearing about the resources that you have. And I'm excited for people to investigate you more and hopefully take you up on your offer for this course or just to kind of get in your orbit and, um, you know, follow along. Yeah. So if they go to my site, one other thing, they, they'll find if you just need, I just need a single page site. I need to mm-hmm. get something up that works fast. There's like a Uber cheap, it's I think 49 bucks, build your website in a weekend. Okay. It's no videos. You, you just, but you get the step-by-step instructions to build like a single page site that will get you business. If you don't have a site, that's another great, ridiculously affordable, you know, place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Good first steps. And uh, again, good strategy. I love that you're helping people with this stuff, Robbie. So you bet. thanks again for this time today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Super fun. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.